Hello and welcome to the Hardball Gets podcast. This is another edition of the AFLW Takeover, completely packed for work and the weekend. This podcast is brought to you by the new Mazda BT50 SP, the complete package. Let's get into it. Seven, Jesus! It's, it's good to be back in the studio. Yeah, back last in the week. studio after our little um, around the world edition last week. It was a phone-in edition last week. <laughs> but Amy, we find you in in the green room of your school you teach at in the drama room. So we've had you in the food room, and now you're in the drama room. Yeah, I really thought strongly about going into the uh, PE storeroom, um, but it was a bit cold on the concrete floor, so I was like, no, nah, I'll change. So I ended up in the green room. We need to settle <laughs> you down. We need to find a spot for you that's, you just, I don't know, like, do, do you feel like you perform better in one spot or the other each week on the pod, or is it a bit <laughs> up in the air? I think it's all about being versatile. Uh, that's what, you know, that's what Cobb want, you know, in a player to be versatile. So that's where I'm here. Adaptable, flexible, resilient. Malleable. Tick, tick, tick. You know? Malleable, yep. yeah. <laughs> Except you can't cope with a concrete floor, so. <laughs> yeah, and I'm not very flexible actually either, so <laughs> <laughs> physically. Truth comes out. So we played seven rounds of the AFL every season, but this round it's got a little bit of extra spice a bit of excitement because it's pride round um and some clubs have already taken the opportunity to celebrate it um in the weekend just gone as well but great to see all 18 clubs um getting a pride jumper this season after west coast were of course the only club earlier in the year to to not um design one so i don't know it's just it's a great round to sort of celebrate um inclusivity and diversity within the league yeah and west coast well done on just like they've peppered their socials they've had background stories to it they've had the players involved and it's yeah good to see a learning from last year and great to have all clubs having something that celebrates it and great to see that you know just in action in the crowds and you know lots of colors around and yeah it just has a good feel to it whenever any sport does it so yeah love it it's almost been redemption round, I think, for West Coast. <laughs> we call it Pride Round, but there was a feel of redemption to it on Friday night against Richmond, which is. Are you happy with their design in the end? Oh, I think it's, it's subtle. I think it's great. Yep. I think just finally they, you know, they listen to their players, they listen to the kickback, and they got on boards, and it's how you respond, um, not your initial action. So, good on West Coast and sticking with the Eagles, Charlie Thomas has been named the Round 7 at Rising Star alongside Lucy Wales. Amy, you've had a fair bit to do with Charlie and her time at Subi. I'm so glad to see um, her game on the weekend. Like, it was an amazing. It just showed what she's capable of. And um, watching her even younger, um, when I first put her in the league team, she was only playing uh, youth girls at Subiaco and um, she belonged in the league team and um, I'm just so glad that she's just continuing to show everyone that she's meant to be there and she's going to be a force to be reckoned with, I reckon, in the next couple of seasons. Hey, Cotters, I have a question for you. So statistics-wise, they always have the column that says metres gained. Now, how how much do, you, do coaches refer back to that element or that statistic? Not as much as you think anymore. Um, I think it's just like a good stat because the higher it gets, the more, you know, but it's... 
different in AFLW because yeah. we don't kick a long way. So Charlie, it's different because she does kick a long way. So if you look at um, metres gain, it's about, I think you have to kick over 40 metres or something, something like that, if you're looking at the kicking statistic. Um, so yeah. it, it's not really reflective of a game that a person's had. I think I think for um, West Coast, they would be more pleased with the amount of intercepts that she would have had um, okay. over the game than yeah. metres gained, if I looked at it. Yeah, because I looked, I looked across her season and she's seventh in the entire competition for metres gain and averaging 300 a game. So I was, like, intrigued as to, to what that actually meant from the, the area of what coaches actually look at and what's valuable. Yeah, I think it's just for her her presence around that back line and, and around the ground. And if, if she's hitting targets but also intercepting um, the play and getting the ball out of danger, I think that's what she's so good at compared to a lot of players is she can kick a long ball. So having the opportunity of doing that, I think, you know, you look back at Evie Gooch, probably really good at doing that, is her ability to clear the ball out of um, the pressure situation and there's still not a lot of girls that can have that big kick. There is some, but, um, yeah, I think they'd probably look at that a bit more. Fantastic. Um, and it's, yeah, good to see you sort of settled in defence as well after playing a bit of time on the wing and a bit all around the ground earlier this year so to really find her spot um, as that spare defender. But what I took out of that conversation is Amy's taking credit for her whole career after blooding her in the league side. So um, there's a bit of a learning for you all. Such um, a journo. You've listened to two seconds or something and gone, that's my that's my right lead. there. That's my there lead. There it is. <laughs> oh, you've got to always watch what you say around you, Eliza, <laughs> Let's get into the two-minute warning. Kicking things off with St Kilda and Carlton. Yeah, that's me. So a 27-point win to Carlton, 6-8-44, defeating 2-5-17. Uh, this is completely not football related, but I swear there was like a lawnmower or something just going across that entire game that was just buzzing along in the side, in like next door or something. I was like, oh my God, what is happening? Anywho. Um, <laughs> Channel 7, fix <laughs> it. First goal was a turnover. Peter, uh, Peterson or um, Nee Harrington, her first goal started in inside 50 defensively. Uh, and like, I just want to give credit to, did you see her run? I know we'll talk about other goals and stuff, but this is incredible. She starts inside 50, has touch on ball, ends up with ball in hand. And getting to kick the goal at the other end. So, I don't know. Carlton, for me, was a team that at the start of this season, I probably wrote off. And here they are fighting and fighting and fighting. I've got to give them credit to it. A big win over St Kilda. I probably didn't expect yeah. the margin to swell out this much, to be completely honest. I thought it would be a fairly evenly matched game. But I think Carlton have a bit of bit of fight in them um, after earlier in the season. Obviously, having a draw and a draw again, back-to-back draws. Um, I think they're starting to sort of find their feet. I thought Bree. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, Bree Moody. I was you were going to talk about her as well, but yeah. her two goals and twenty-two hitouts. The other Ruckman went down early, I think, in the first quarter um, with an injury, and she's shouldered the the load. But she was back to her best, and I think that they're going to be successful long term. They've, you know, they've got to one continue to have her having her best. Um, output, but also hopefully getting someone to help her out. Lock for all Australian guys. Moody, it's actually tough in Looking the like it's, I don't know, it's tough. I talked about this last week, but we can bring it up again if you want. <laughs> no, we shut you off last week. We didn't want to talk about the rugs, but here we are again. <laughs> I don't know. We shall wait and see on that one. Um, West Coast taking on Richmond. 
Yeah, that's me. Um, Tigers obviously got up by 19 points in the end. Um, I think they showed their speed from half-back and their ability to move the ball from defence using their handball um, showed a really positive signs for them. They're obviously doing their best work in their games from from their defence. Um, they had 19 more inside 50s than the Eagles and I think they just got the Eagles' defence into a panic in the end. And, you know, Charlie obviously had a lot of the ball, Charlie Thomas, from the Eagles because she was put under pressure so much. Um, but I think Richmond set up that win in the first half with, with their speed. Um, but for me, you know, lots of upside with the Eagles' youngsters and hopefully um, do we see them sort of improving as the in the next couple of years with those players developing? Yeah, I think so. If they can hold on to them, I guess, is always the, the key thing. But am I right? Did I hear that the Eagles now have had a rising star for three weeks in a row? And they might have had one earlier in the season as well. Yeah, so they've had Sarah Kay, Ella Roberts, and now Charlie three weeks in a row. Okay. So I guess that's the one positive you take out of this season, that this, this core group of youngsters are really going to drive this club forward. Um and I spoke to Charlie earlier today and she said, I'm actually really excited to see what this club can do. Like, it's not going to be immediate, but give us two or three years and we'll be right up there. So so they should be with what talent they've been able to, to get over the last couple of years. They've had first pick at it. So let's see how they go. Yeah, they might actually finish I still think it's a disappointing year Fremantle so far. this year. <laughs> yeah, they will and they'll be happy with that, but I don't think they should be happy if, if with the way their season has panned out. I think this was a game that they, they could have... Could have won, as with others. Yeah, and I think they struggled. Like, um, they only had one mark inside 50 for the entire game. So yeah. to win a game and, and have scoring opportunities, it's just it's just not enough. Um, and I think they're obviously continuing to look for ways that they can make that happen. And I think Ella Roberts had about four or five almost marks, um, and I think she'll just get better. So so hopefully they can see something from that. But one thing, I, one last thing I wanted to say is, what do we think about the fixturing? Two games on Friday night, one was very early. Um, is that detrimental to AFLW, do you think? I thought the turnout was quite good at Mineral Resources Park. I, I was kind of surprised with the sort of amount of people that rocked up and were there at the start of the siren. True, school holidays. There's your answer. <laughs> Maybe we don't do this, not in school holidays. <laughs> yeah. There, done. Soft. There you go, Nicole Livingston. Just listen to the potty and you'll get your fixtures sorted. Um, Sydney Gold Coast. Let's not start on the fixtures. Yes, uh, 7-7-49 defeated 2-3-15. So the Gold Coast Suns, they are hanging in and around potential finals for I think just the second time in the club's history. A good win over the Swans who are yet to taste victory in their AFLW career, I suppose, so to speak. So, look, I think for me, let's, let's talk more about the Suns and do we honestly believe they can finish in the top eight? I think it's a flip of the coin between them and the Bulldogs at the moment and that's how the ladder literally looks right in front of me. Yeah. So they're, they're both equal on 16 points. Um, and Suns in the eight right now. Suns are in the eight right now by 6%. I think I still probably think they fall out late and the Bulldogs take that spot because the Bulldogs have shown a bit this year. But I think the Suns, they were in this position last year as well. If you remember last season, they were clinging on right until yep. the end of the year and then just faded late. So... But then there was COVID and things like that, which probably affected them. Well, they play Melbourne next. So I, I, I see a loss coming there, but I want them to lose by as little as possible. And then I think they can beat Carlton. They can beat GWS in their run home. So I reckon they'll hold on to it over the dogs who have lost three in a row, but we'll get to them later. 
Yeah, I think also um, Gold Coast have had a similar draw to, say, um, West Coast, but they've made more of their opportunities. So um, they've used their draw to their advantage and, and we'll see whether they get over the line or not. One last thing for me, I guess a positive for the Swans. They got inside 50 26 times in this game. Yeah, nice. But something we look at every week is to are people even getting in a position to potentially score? 26 times better than probably previous, so maybe there is some improvement for them. All right, Adelaide Fremantle, that's me. Guys, I have a stat and I worked really hard to come up with this. I was crunching the numbers all morning. Um, so to start off, I don't want to take anything away from what Fremantle did in this game because they very nearly took down the reigning premiers with two less players, but they did concede the final four goals to the Crows and it's the fourth quarter fade-outs I want to talk about because this season they have not scored in the last quarter except bar one goal against Carlton when they draw that game. They have not kicked a goal in any last quarter this season except for that one game. And they've conceded four goals the past two weeks and they conceded three against Carlton. I just... And then when you look at last season when they averaged nearly three goals in last quarter, something dramatic has happened there and I think it's a bit of a mix of things but these fourth quarter fade-outs are really costing them. Yeah, it's complete reversal from the way they finished hard and fast and now it's like get to three quarters and hold on for dear life and they can't. Amy, can they mentally turn something like this around or do you think if they find themselves in a similar position you you start to get a bit sweaty and nervous (laughs) and heebie-jeebies? Yeah, I think they... I think they just didn't have enough players that were like mentally, as you said, prepared to take that game on and and, and take it from Adelaide. Um, they were in a good position. They played well, as you said, for three quarters, um, and then the, the same old people stood up. But then what they need is those other people to come on board and go. Well, we've given given it a crack all game. What's to say we can't win? And it, you know, I, I think it is definitely not just fitness, but also a mental side to it that they've got to break down that barrier. They have really annoyed some sort of footy god, though, because again, injuries strike. Yeah, Janelle, Gabby, both of them probably look like they're at least missing this week. You know, Gabby with the dislocated shoulder could potentially be the rest of the season. So another yeah. one bites of dust. But Ebony Antonio, due back, chance of getting back this week against Collingwood. Do you play her though? Well, I was talking about this. I would put her in Cotton Wool. I wouldn't play her for the rest of the year, but at the same time, they're running out of plays very quickly. Mm. Yeah, do you, do very true, but it's a, it's a big risk too. Um, obviously, if she's fit and she's ready to go and there is no risk, then yeah, you play her. But um, with the position that they currently are, um, yeah, is it worth it? I don't know. Because it's a hard um, thing for a coach to have to make that decision. We'll see what the Dockers do this weekend. Um, Moving on to North Melbourne, Brisbane. That's me. Um, Brisbane win this by seven points. Um, They don't win it. I think North Melbourne lose it. So um, it was a good contested footy, but North Melbourne just shot themselves in the foot the whole game. Um, They just didn't capitalise on the opportunities in the forward half. So they had, North Melbourne had 20 more inside 50s. So they had 43 inside 50s for 14 scoring shots and kicked three goals, eight. Wow. So that's just the tail of the whole game right there. So um, Randall kicked uh, three, had three behinds. Um, So she missed gettable shots that, you know, they go down by seven. But really, if they kick straight, they probably took that game quite easily out of Brisbane's hands. So um, for me, the talking point really is, 
when it comes push comes to shove when they're playing against their contenders um are they going to be able to get to that grand final because they are really within are within the top three are they in that top three or are they slightly out with Collingwood no, I think yeah, they're slightly out. Your top three for me, like the class above teams, have to be Brisbane, Adelaide, Melbourne, and reflected on the ladder at the moment. The order of that might change. But then outside of that, it's the it's the next challenges, and I put North Melbourne in that next challenging group. What about you, Eliza? Yeah, exact same for me. I mean, they've lost three games already this season, so they're sitting down the lower half of the eight. Like, they'll probably still make it um, at this stage. But it's just... It's, it's just a complete missed opportunity, this game. Um, if they're doing that against Brisbane, who we know have been so strong defensively um, in the past and have literally just got back Kate Lutkins, one of the best key defenders in the league, I think they shot themselves in the foot completely. But on the other flip of the coin, really good sign that they were able to do this against a top team. They just didn't make the most of it. Yeah, so they yeah I agree. I think, sorry, I think North can beat Brisbane and Melbourne um, on their day and Adelaide um, when they play their brand of footy and actually play well. But I think they've got too many inconsistencies at the moment to be that, as you said, on the echelon of the top three. All right, Hawthorne, Port Adelaide. Me, Hawthorne. Can you believe it? Three wins in a row, 13-point win, so 4-5, 29 defeats, 1-10-16. Um, Hawthorne win another battle of the expansion teams. Look, I had pretty high hopes for Port Adelaide. I think if we were to go back to early episodes, I thought Port Adelaide would probably go into it as one of the expansion teams beating the other expansion teams. But Hawthorne have taken me a bit by surprise. They've got three in a row. They get the points. Um, So well done to them. Don't want to take that away from them. They had something like 30-plus more tackles than Port Adelaide. So this was like a tackle-heavy game. Um, the second half won it for the Hawks. But for me, I just want to talk about Aaron Phillips. Three behinds for the game. Still no goals in season seven, I believe. Oh, come on, Aaron. And, and they had 32 inside finger. 50s, Port Adelaide. Yeah, she, she does look like she is struggling a bit um, with that uh, that those that knee injury. I think that she had earlier in the season. I think she just looks a little bit hindered. So um, I'm not sure. Like it, It's obviously a bit more obvious being in that expansion side. If she was still playing for Adelaide, would she be playing? That's my question. Well, do you reckon you get to the end of the season, do you reckon she plays on and gives herself 12 months to fully get it right and then actually impact in a season at Port Adelaide? Because she hasn't really done that mm, yet. And Maybe. You, I don't know. Do you want to go out on this sort of note if you're Aaron Phillips? <laughs> She's probably too competitive and driven know. for that. Yeah, yeah, maybe. If she can get her body right. I think right. she can still, yeah, if she can get her body right, she can still be um, really important to that point just for experience and just being on the on the park. But I think she obviously just needs to have that full preseason where she yeah, she gets back to, to looking after her body. Tilly Lucas Rod, good again and in her fiftieth AFLW game gets the gets the chance to kick a goal right at the end and put icing on the cake. But yeah, I think the story for me was the fact that Port Adelaide the ten behinds, you know, they look at that and go, missed opportunity. Well done Hawks though. Considering I said a few weeks ago that Hawks wouldn't win our whole game the whole season. I reckon I said the exact same thing, so. I think we're doing well. Um, Essendon, Geelong, that's me. So in this one, um, the Cats got up by 15 points after a bit of a surge in the last quarter and it all was on the shoulders of Chloe Shear, who is just the ultimate second-half specialist at the moment. Um, She kicked two goals in the final quarter um, and was completely the, the most dangerous player 
on the ground. Um, but if you look at her actual record in second half, so since she crossed to Geelong ahead of last season, she kicked 15 goals, 10 of which have come in second halves. And more than once, she sort of sparked Geelong fightbacks and comebacks. But my sort of question is, do we think it's enough for her to be doing it in second half? So, or does she need to round out her game and be a perf- um, player who can impact all four quarters? I think, like, if if somebody else is stepping up into that and, and it works for the team, then I think it's okay. But I think if you're relying on others to sort of um, do that in that first half, she obviously, if they can get a couple of scores on the board for her confidence as well, then they may even kick a bigger score. So um, I, she definitely comes in and out of games. I think... Um, you know, she's still young, so she's still working on her forward craft. Um, and if she can get some consistency in, in how she impacts the game over four quarters, um, then I think she can be even more damaging. So Geelong uh, continue to impress in this season. They're probably, for me, most improved. Um, they've got a great chance to end up in the top four and earn double chance. They play West Coast Eagles next, then Adelaide. That's obviously going to actually show us where they're really, truly at. And then the Swans to finish. So great chance to, to win two of the last three for Geelong. Oh, 100%. And they, and they can be the danger team. Yeah, I agree. You know, like, if you're, yeah, you're versing them in the finals, like, you don't know what you're going to get. So, yeah, I wouldn't want to be coming up against them if they're they're in that confidence and that form. All right, Melbourne and the Western Bulldogs. Yeah, so Melbourne by 64 points. um, Kicked 10 goals, 13. So, wouldn't want to see what their score was if they were a bit more accurate. But um, they put on a clinic. So, um, everything seemed to click and when... um, when they play like that, I think they could be very hard to beat. Um, watching that game, they just dominated every facet. Um, the Bulldogs looked stunned. They had no answers um, to Melbourne's pressure, Melbourne's skill execution. Um, what I'm the question I have is now we start to see Melbourne play some lower ranked teams. Um, could we see some big deficits? Absolutely. Put the foot to the throat. Was it 10-13, this one? And and the Western Bulldogs are a team we would have thought would be slightly more competitive. They shut down their key players very, very well. So then you know they can play that shutdown role, yet they put on a big score. So then they're not a team that can only defend and keep it low. They To be able to keep them low but also kick big, and they should have kicked bigger, yeah, we could see some big blowouts for them if they go about it at the right intensity. Yeah, and then on on the other hand, like Bulldogs have actually, we were talking about before, have an interesting end to their season. So they play St Kilda and the Eagles, then Carlton. So, yes, we go, oh, probably that should be three from three. But for me, they look like, you know, danger games, especially after a big loss like they had on the weekend. That does kill a couple of people's confidence, especially, as you said, Melbourne shut down, you know, the likes of Blackburn and Lamb and, and those sort of girls. So, um, can they make finals still and be able to beat the contenders? Yeah, I wrote the same thing. They've lost three in a row. They should win the last three, but they may not. Was my thoughts. They're just... All right, Collingwood GWS, that's me to round things out. Um, so I looked at the ladder this morning and I was sort of like a bit shocked. I was like, whoa, Collingwood are coming forth and they've only lost one game for the season. I don't know I don't know how that crept up on me, but they've just been a side who I haven't put in that top category as we so often speak about. But the big knock I think on them, um, and I'm gonna put my Amy Lavelle cap on here, is their forward line. 
um, because we love talking about forward lines, but they've scored the least out of any of the top four sides and they've only um, done better um, on, on the scoreboard than two of the top sides currently in the eight. And I think it's... It's probably a few factors, but they just don't have that big power forward like the Taylor Harris, the Ash Woodland. They've obviously got Sabrina down there who should be playing that role, but Sabrina Fredericktor doesn't have consistency. So is that can they pull something together this final series without that key forward functioning the whole time? I don't think so. So like Frederick is not performing I don't think, um, to, you know, what you want from a key forward. Um, she's missing easy easy shots at goals and um, probably where they could feel like a bit more confident because they've got a couple more um, scores on the board, but I feel like they're always scrambling and keeping the other team to a low score because they can't put the score on the board. Um, so I think, like, you're relying on, on your Chloe Malloy to score your goals um, and obviously your midfielders, but they definitely need somebody else down there who can bring the ball to ground and let those others do that work. So they sit in the top four at the moment, but they run home Frio, North Melbourne and Brisbane. I think if we're, we'll learn a lot over those three weeks as to actually how deep they'll go in finals. I think they'll f- they'll go into finals somewhere five to eight, um, and I don't. I'm not convinced they'll go that deep through the finals. I think um, they will get found out that they just don't have that scoring um, potency yet. Fantastic! There we go. Fantastic. How good was that? Another, another, <laughs> another two minutes. Um, let's get our tips quickly before we head off into the sunset. Um, <laughs> it's Pride Round. Got to so add a bit of mayo and everything. So the sunset over here in the west. Yeah, never better. Lovely. What about? Um, so the cats are hosting the Eagles on Saturday. Probably think Geelong get up in this one. What are your thoughts, Amy? I think so. Yeah, like I, I obviously Michaela Bowen playing an old side. Um, she's been playing some good footy. Um, uh, it's a funny matchup. So I think the Eagles do match up well against Geelong um, and probably could beat them. Um, but I think Geelong's tails are up at the moment. So I think um, Colin like three points. And I would have said at the start of the season that they would have looked at this game as a, that West Coast is a game they could win. However, the way Geelong are playing, I've written on my run home, the Eagles won't win again in season seven. Ooh. Ooh. Bold. Cool. Bold. Bold. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay, the other game. <laughs> Wake up. I lost my train of thought there. Um, Fremantle hosting Collingwood on Sunday at Fremantle Oval. I'm going to go out on a limb and chip the Dockers. How much by? Not much. <laughs> Don't have to put a number on it. <laughs> you don't sound very confident. That's the thing, I'm not. <laughs> what about you, Cotters? How are you feeling? Uh, yeah, I am um, um, more, if personnel is an issue, um, uh, I think that might be a little bit of an issue. Um, who's going to come in and replace if if the likes of JC and, and Gabby are missing. Mm. Um, but I think if they put the intent that they did in last week, um, then I think they'll be a better team than Collingwood on the stat sheet. Like I'm looking at the, at the names, but I'm still fence-sitting. I know I'm terrible, so I, don't, I can't pick anyone. Um, draw? Uh, oh, uh, draw. There we go. That's good. I'll take the draw. I'm going to say um, I still think under, undermanned, underpersoned 
Frio. But Collingwood having to travel, they're going to be like, we don't know what this is. How do we even do this? So I'm actually going to say Frio, they're going to bring out a fourth quarter effort because they just haven't done it yet. And Frio for the win. Just. Well, last time Collingwood were in Perth, they had a massive sook about the change room. So I wonder how they'll like <laughs> South Fremantle. There you go. That's South right. It's a bit of a shoebox Might not be big enough well. for their, uh, yeah, might not be big enough for their, what they need, you know. Yeah, yeah they're, they're precious. Areas and precious. stuff. Collingwood yeah, are precious. precious. Sorry, Collingwood. <laughs> Don't come looking for us on Sunday when you're in town. <laughs> that, that's the thing. They'll be able to find you. So, <laughs> <laughs> All right. That is another hardball gets completed for the week. Make sure you like, subscribe and follow us wherever you get your podcast so you don't miss a thing. Completely packed for work and the weekend. This podcast was brought to you by the new Mazda BT50 SP, the complete package. We'll see you next week.